Well, Merry Christmas Eve, friends. Today's message, how will the baby turn out? You know, you never know how a baby will turn out. Parents and grandparents have been wondering about that since time began. I know that having two children and one grandson, I often wondered what life would be like for them, praying always that it would turn out good. And it has been good. You know, it must have been that way when Jesus was born. Luke 2.19 tells us that after the shepherds visited Mary and no doubt shared what the angels had said to them, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. There was actually a lot to think about. Luke 1 verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. At Luke 2.35, a sword will pierce your own soul too. So tonight, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, uh, let's remind ourselves once again who Jesus really is. My text is Revelation 1 verse 5, and I like this verse because it offers a threefold picture of our Lord. This verse is part of John's introduction to his book where he introduces himself and wishes his readers grace and peace. Now, here is his description of Jesus, the Christ. Who is the faithful witness? the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. These three phrases help us understand the true identity of the baby born in Bethlehem. Each one answers a question we'd like to ask about Jesus, the Messiah. And question number one is, can I trust him? This question is the most basic of all. I mean, people of this generation have heard the name of Jesus many, many times. What they want to know is very simple. Can I trust him? And in a world of religious charlatans, there is, this is where we must begin. We discover the answer in John's first title. He calls Jesus the faithful witness. Now, a witness tells what he has seen or heard. A faithful witness is one whose testimony is reliable. John means that Jesus can be relied upon to tell the truth. When he speaks, he speaks only the truth. His words are absolutely true and authoritative. In 1 Timothy 6.13, it speaks of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. Now, what did he say when he stood before Pilate? He said, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's in John 18.37. Jesus, the Messiah, is the supreme truth teller, and those who want to find the truth must listen to him. Now, every person has to deal with this fundamental issue about Jesus. Can I trust him? Now, some people will answer yes. Some will say no. But until this issue is settled, there's no point in talking about anything else. So, who are you going to believe? Well, let's suppose you don't want to take my word for it. Well, then read the record for yourself. I mean, take 30 days this new year to read the gospel account. Read the story for yourself and come to your own conclusions. I'll tell you what I think will happen. If you read with an open mind and an open heart, you will come to the inevitable conclusion that what Jesus said is true, that he is the truth, and that his word can be eternally trusted. Now, I'm not saying anything to try to prove it to you. I simply challenge you to read it for yourself. Make up your own mind, and when you do, you will find that he is entirely trustworthy. Can I trust him? Yes, for he is the faithful witness. Here's question number two. Does he have the power to help me? Well, this answer is found in John's second title for Jesus. He calls him the firstborn of the dead. 
And this refers to his resurrection. When he rose from the dead, he was the firstborn of the dead. Now, what exactly does that mean? It means he's the first person who ever rose from the dead, never to die again. And during his ministry, Jesus has raised several people from the dead, including Lazarus, who'd been dead four days. I mean, each occasion was a remarkable miracle, but they had this in common. All of the people Jesus raised would eventually die again, but not Jesus. When he came forth from the tomb on Easter Sunday morning, he rose once and for all. When he left the grave, he was left, he left for good. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead in the sense that he is the first in a long line of people who will be raised from the dead, never to die again. Now, I find great comfort in this. Over the years, I have presided at many, many funerals. I know what it's like to stand at the graveside and try to say something hopeful in the face of death. It's not easy to pray when someone you love has been taken from you. No wonder the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15 calls death the last enemy. In those moments, I find strength in one thing and one thing only. Jesus has conquered the grave and done what no mortal man has ever done. He's come back from the dead never to die again. And what happens to those who believe him? Thank God we're not left to wonder or to speculate. God himself has spoken on that subject. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Did you catch that? If we believe. It's as simple and as difficult as that. You'll never convince yourself of the resurrection by camping out in a cemetery and waiting for a resurrection. (laughs) You'll wait a long time. After all, the last one happened over 2,000 years ago. But we have the word of God which overrides anything we can see with our eyes. Our faith in the resurrection of the dead does not rest in what our eyes see. Our faith rests in the act, that act of God whereby we, he raised God, Jesus from the dead. Now, if God can do that, he can do anything. So does Jesus have the power to help you? Yes, he does, for he is the firstborn of the dead. And here's question number three. Will he take care of my future? Now, you might ask, suppose I do trust in him and suppose he does have the power to help me. Will Jesus take care of my future? The answer comes in John's final title for Jesus, and it's breathtaking, really, in its scope. He calls Jesus the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, the word for ruler means he is the ultimate authority over all the kings of the earth. Now, they're great, but he's greater. They're mighty, but he's mightier. I mean, millions answer to, to them, but they answer to him. He is not merely one of the kings. He is the king of kings. He rules over them all. Now, in the first century, the mighty uh, emperor Nero thought he was the ruler of the kings of the earth. He held in his hands the power of life and death. I mean, thumbs up, one man lived. Thumbs down, one man died. It's said that he ordered the burning of Rome and then blamed it on the early Christians. He had Paul the apostle beheaded, thinking that the pernicious Christian movement would die with him. But now 2,000 years have passed and the tables have turned. People name their dogs Nero and they call their sons Paul. So who are the rulers of the earth John's talking about? Well, they're political leaders in their various spheres, mayors and councilmen, chairmen, governors, congressmen and senators, presidents, prime ministers, and so on. They are small-time kings who rule tiny realms and mighty kings who rule vast empires. But Jesus is ruler over all of them. It's true this world is in a mess. That's why it's hard to believe this is true. 
See, all the evidence seems to move in the opposite direction. The pornographers go free, the baby killers are untouched, the politicians break the laws they write, the drug dealers make their millions, and the nations arm themselves with total destruction. When you look around, you can make a good case that Satan is the ruler of the kings of the earth, but it only seems that way. But friends, the Satan has no power except that granted to him by God. In due time and at the proper moment, Jesus will step back on the stage of world history. I mean, think of it, the hands that were nailed to the cross will someday rule the world. And though we don't see it today, it's certain and sure of fulfillment. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. Read it for yourself and see how the story ends. In the meantime, right now and at this very moment, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. By him they reign, by him they are restrained, by him they are replaced, by him they are judged. So will Jesus take care of my future? Yes, he will, for he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. So you're in good hands when you are in his hands, for those hands rule the universe. But that wasn't evident on that first night in Bethlehem. A casual onlooker would not have suspected the earth-shaking events that were, were taking place in a forgotten stable in a tiny village in a remote corner of the Roman Empire. The prospects for the young child did not seem very promising. But you can never tell how a baby will turn out. But this one would surprise us all. And we are still surprised by him 2,000 years later. So what's the application? Very simply, hold tight to Jesus, the Messiah. There's no security anywhere else. Today is yesterday and tomorrow as today he is the answer to the deepest questions of life. Can I trust him? Yes, I can, for he is the faithful witness. Does he have the power to help me? Yes, he does, for he is the firstborn from the dead. Will he take care of my future? Yes, he will, for he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Friends, we all need him, and we need him more than we know. The truth is worth repeating. You're in good hands when you are in his hands, for those hands rule the universe. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Place your life in his strong hands, and you will never be disappointed. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. God bless, and have a Merry Christmas.